Welcome to the Safanat Podcast, Thought Crimes. On Thought Crimes, we discuss the hardest parts of our behavior with the most insightful guests to deliver tactics to take control of our behavior and our lives. On the show, we cover burnout, personality, sleep, neuroticism, and more. Once again, we're joined by Tyler. We had a last Hi, minute, <laughs> last minute cancellation uh, in scheduling. Future episodes, we're going to have a lot more guests, I promise. But for now... It's me and Tyler, and we're awesome, so you should enjoy this anyway. <laughs> and I consider myself a first-rate guest, so happy to be back. <laughs> yeah, Tyler's a first-rate guest slash borderline host. Um, so today is actually pretty fun. Tyler, do you want to introduce what we're talking about today? Yeah, I think this should be pretty neat. I'm guessing most people at this point have heard either the terms OpenAI or ChatGPT or just AI, like floating somewhere in your world. Um, and we decided to give this chat GPT model, which is um, super powerful, like omnipresent, it seems like trying to help everyone solve their problems, uh, a go at our personality test to see if it like what its core behavioral tendencies are. And before doing that, I, I ran through and put made a bunch of hypotheses about how I think it should expect or, or it should behave in general and uh peter ran it uh, ran the test through it so we're gonna compare notes and and see how far off i was or or what the implications of its personality could be yeah let's talk about that before we get into the results so if, let's do a mini materials and methods so the um the way that i actually administered the assessment so um the assessment is 120 statements and it is rated on a Likert scale. So Likert scale is uh, a one to five rating from strongly disagree to strongly agree, passing through neutral. You guys can fill in, I'm sure, the, the middle. Um, and what I did was I asked ChatGPT to answer the questions in a certain way. So I had to prompt it saying, I'm gonna ask you questions. Please choose from my responses when I give it prompts. One really funny thing was I had to repeat that. I had to just tell it to do that multiple times. Um, part of it was it would it it would ask, you know, you, you have to get around uh, some of the the guardrails that are programmed into these um, LLMs, large language models, because they're supposed to tell you they don't have a personality, right? And the reason is because I think they're trying to manage expectations and fear of the broad population who are maybe experiencing AI for the first time hands-on, right? Um, and they may not understand this and they've seen maybe Terminator and they know <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> when, Skynet. A, when Skynet goes online, uh, the world ends. And so now we have ChatGPT, but the world's not over. So maybe it's not, you know, the end of days. So I just wanted to set expectations that what does this mean? To be honest, we don't really know. Uh, mm -hmm. That's what we're going to be exploring and speculating. Uh, we did ask several AI experts for comment. Many of them wanted to avoid this conversation. Maybe in the future, if you're an AI expert who's uh, specializing in large language models, you are welcome on the show. We would love to talk to you if you want to comment on what it means that um, an AI chatbot has a personality. Um, we will be speculating on it. 
throughout the show. But if we're totally wrong, come and correct us. That would be fantastic to learn. So uh, without further ado, why don't we start with traits? And um, I will pull up the avatar. Mm -hmm. And you can tell me if what, what you think, uh, without me biasing you, just the top five traits are. So okay, so as a reminder, the the, the traits we're we're using the Big Five personality model. So we have openness to experience, conscientiousness, extroversion, agreeableness, and neuroticism. Um, and I, I I went through and had hypotheses at the trait level and the facet level, which is the subcategories of each trait. So, but averaging the facets up to the trait level, I had neutral for openness because some some of the subcategories would be high. Others are neutral or low. Conscientiousness, I would expect to be high. Um, I guess I'll go through my reasoning too real quick as I'm going through. For sure. conscientiousness, that's basically like the, the work hard personality trait. So how, how does the chat bot uh, set goals? How dutiful is it to the user? How much does it think through things? How organized is it in its approach? Um, and it's self-discipline in pursuing that knowledge. So if you think about it, it should want to set the best goal, find the perfect answer for a user, um, work hard until it gets that answer. So that's why I think it would be high. Um, why I thought openness was neutral is I think it'd be open to ideas and actions. So if you ask it to do something, it should just say, yes, sir, ma'am, I'll go try to get the answer for you. Um, and it should be, just scouring every library it knows for all the information to get that answer. I don't think it would be open to fantasy, which is just like like imagination, like like speculation, I guess. In this case, it's looking for truth to, to provide people. Um, and I don't think it would be terribly open to feelings because I don't know if it's supposed to have feelings um, <laughs> or even understand the spectrum. So openness, neutral, conscientiousness, high. Extroversion, I, I thought would be neutral um, with most of the answers actually at the subcategory level being neutral because you would want it the way it communicated with people to become somewhat warm um, and relatively positive and supportive of the, the user. Um, but I don't think it would care about things like excitement seeking like I don't, I don't think it has adrenaline to pursue an adrenaline rush, or care about things that would make it feel risky, right? I think it's, if anything, it'd be risk averse. Um, which actually I had some kind of aha, aha moments for why I think that would be later. Um, but then it would be high in activity, which is, it's it's always on. It doesn't sleep, right? And it's always trying to do something. So neutral extroversion. Neutral to high agreeableness, because agreeableness is basically like how much you're going, like willing to go along to get along and help people. So it should be super high and it's altruism, wanting to help people as much as it can um, and actually have a reward. I'm guessing, and Peter, you can get into this since you're more of an AI expert than I am. It should have defined rewards associated with helping people efficiently. Um, and then I think it would be modest, or sorry, neutral in modesty, because um, it would not want to make the users feel uncomfortable with the fact that it truly does know more than everybody. <laughs> um, 
but it would be aware that it has the answer. So inwardly immodest, outwardly modest. Um, and then it would be compliant to the degree that it's gonna just do whatever you ask it to do, but it would, this this was the kicker I had, it'd be low in trust because it's it's designed to like make sure your query is as precise as possible. So it's not gonna assume that it's maybe stated completely perfectly. It might have some back and forth with you. And then also I would assume there's tons of risk for cyber attacks, yeah, like just by plugging repeated queries into the, the AI. So I'm guessing it's looking for things like that and making sure it's not gonna get corrupted in some way. So that's why I neutraled out and then it would be low in neuroticism because I don't think it has the ability to feel anxiety or be depressed or get angry. Or, and it definitely is, it should be designed not to get angry at users. Cool. All right. So <laughs> in summary, yeah. you said it is, uh, yeah, can you just rail them off? Yep. In? Openness is neutral. Conscientiousness neutral. is high. High. Extroversion, neutral. Neutral. Agreeableness, neutral to high. Neutral to high. And neuroticism is low. Low. Great. Okay. So I'll give you the results and then I'm going to talk about how ChatGPT developed its personality. Um, and I'll try not to get, I'll try not to snipe myself on the AI side of things, but specifically how it was built will tell us why, why you think those traits are important when you're describing it of like what the design of this system is mm -hmm. for. So first, let me rail off what the reality is. So number one, low openness, asymmetrically okay. low because its highest facet, and this might surprise you, at 17 out of 20 points is openness in aesthetics. That uh -huh. does surprise me. Very surprising. And following that is 16 out of 20 openness to ideas. But the 17 block, the top four, I'll just rail these off really quickly for you, Tyler. And then mm -hmm. we can go back if we would like to talk about what it means. Aesthetics, dutifulness, and conscientiousness. Gregariousness in extroversion. And straightforwardness in agreeableness. Yeah. And now I want to comment. Everything else in agreeableness was average to low. Uh, like Or av average. So, um, and we're going to get into some of like our data set against this because it was low in openness. So it's 32nd percentile in openness mm -hmm. average on the high end of conscientiousness. I actually don't know the percentile off the top of my head, uh, average in extroversion, but on the high side. So just barely on the high side for mm -hmm. CNE low in agreeableness, 34th percentile in agreeableness. And then um 32nd percentile in neuroticism so it's actually as neurotic as open both of which are low and mm -hmm. asymmetrically so so before we get into the facet level results i will say confirming that all neurotic traits are the lowest block except for openness to values mm -hmm. which i actually am not surprised by yep. one thing is a limitation of the administration is this being in the way that it was designed, this chatbot generally doesn't make extreme answers to anything. So it'll pull those averages in towards the center. It's going to try to say, I disagree or agree. The funniest one to me was there was only one strongly agree out of all of them. And it was basically like, it was like, like to party, meaning chatbot, do you like to party? <laughs> or like strongly agree. 
<laughs> Maybe oh. it's got a little bit of the the old Ask Jeeves swag in it. You know, if you used to like try to like have fun with Ask Jeeves, it ha it had some fun back. Yeah, yeah. A little <laughs> Easter egg is that Chat GPT loves to party, and that's the only thing it loves. <laughs> Everything else it likes. So just fact. So let's take a little a little tangent and Tyler. I'm going to ask you if I go too deep on the AI, pull me out because mm -hmm. we're not this audience. You know, if, if you're not an AI expert, good. This is not who this is for. This is for everybody. So mm -hmm. I want to, I want to just talk about this at a really high level. I'm going to start with the end in mind of how they designed this, which is the performance evaluation. And there are three criteria that I found in researching the performance evaluation of, of GPT three, which is the, um, the actual AI model behind chat GPT, which is just a front end that pulls through GPT-3. Mm -hmm. Helpfulness, truthfulness, and harmlessness. Those are the top three. And um, the reason that these came about is because if you recall early attempts at chatbots that were unsupervised training, right? Mm -hmm. uh, they just learned from the inputs. Uh, they just learned from the inputs of the user they, they became really racist because of trolls, <laughs> yeah. terrible, misogynistic. And so the reason I'm starting with performance evaluation, right, is that you have something really interesting and complex in the form of GPT-3. It is not just a unsupervised large language model. It's a tuned, partially supervised language model that's built in a series of steps. That is as deep as I will go on the AI side. So maybe just um, real quick, what is a language model? Yeah, great. A language model is any AI that is trained on a huge amount of like, in this case, English. I don't think it speaks other languages. I haven't checked that. Hmm. But in this case, a bunch of uh, English documents. And the whole the whole point of this is that it can sound it can, it can receive prompts and sound much like a human right um and let me just talk about uh what what happens outside of these performance evaluations there's a thing called the alignment problem what's most popularly discussed is the artificial general intelligence alignment which is moral alignment but large language models need basic alignment like little tiny tiny alignments around helpfulness, right? So did it not follow your um, instructions? Mm -hmm. Something called hallucinations. This one was really funny because if you go chat GPT, what's 125 times 345? And it would just not do the math. It would hallucinate. It would make up wrong facts. Um, <laughs> lack lack of interpretability is actually separate from help helpfulness, lack of helpfulness. Lack of interpretability is when... Um, interpretability, meaning you can't interpret what they're saying. They mm -hmm. arrive at a decision or prediction that seems like a non sequitur or it's no nonsense. And then the last one is toxic output, which turns out to be one of the first and biggest problems of these language models, which is that you don't explicitly ask them to be horrible. But if you have enough people just dumping horrible, <laughs> toxic things into these models, if they're not tuned to ignore it, then mm -hmm. they'll become misaligned very, very quickly. So yeah. You have this spectrum, what I was talking about is the alignment problems of capability to alignment, which is really, really similar in science to accuracy versus precision. So an accurate, aka an aligned model, it might do exactly what you want 
in a low capability, right? It really hits the target for a limited scope. This is a lot of what um, a lot of a lot of AIs do. And then you might have a so that's low capability, high alignment. High capability, low alignment means it can do like a few things really, really, really well. Um, actually, I might I might have it um, backwards. Um, but I think I think they're pretty intuitive if you take my words at face value, which is um, it can do a lot, but it has a lot of risk of doing it wrong versus it can do very little, but has very little risk of, do, of doing it wrong. Like th that's the spectrum. And you guys can um, ignore my misspeaking if I misspoke. So uh, that's basically the AI section of our talk is, is essentially the, 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 what we care about, which is how do you measure a GPT? Well, one of the things that we're measuring is actually the performance of this GPT in terms of helpfulness and truthfulness, as well as harmfulness. And in a weird, self forced, self-reflective way, meaning that a GPT that's trained on a bunch of text, it has the illusion of a self-concept that we're, we're discovering. And so our, I hypothesize what we're looking at, and this is what I love for someone who's a trained in um, large language models to come on and correct if I'm wrong, that what we're looking at is essentially this like aggregate internet, right? That it's, that it's been trained on along with the fine tuning. So making it more helpful and less harmful, meaning that's why it's not neurotic, right? Mm -hmm. I know coming together to provide value to people. And this is the self-concept of what an AI thinks it should be, <laughs> which is mm -hmm. actually really interesting. Um, some of the questions you can't really speculate about what you should be. You have to answer based on like, well, this is what I have done in the past. So it's like the prompts themselves have a little bit of like pulling in them. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's what it is, um, is uh, low openness, average to high conscientiousness, average to high extroversion, low agreeableness relative to the population it's compared against, right, as a percentile. And then low neuroticism. And I want to make a note about agreeableness because this one is a very frequent misnomer. People, on average, are higher in agreeableness than any other trait. We really want to get along with other people. So it's not hard to be low in agreeableness because the average is so high. And I just want to... I want to put that out there as like a caveat to this. It doesn't mean that it's in, if you're low in agreeableness, you're entirely disagreeable. It means that compared to a population, you're lower than, well, in this case, you're in the 34th yeah. percentile. You're lower at than the, 60%. At the trait level, what we report is the comparison to the population yes. versus at the facet level. That's where, and that's that's what you were saying is it's, it's highest scores are in, uh, I think, straightforwardness. Um, that That's where it's purely uh, absolute values. So if it says it's high, it means it's, out of a maximum of 20, it got 17. That's objectively high. Objectively not, high. Not yes. relatively high. Yeah. Yes. Thanks uh, for clarifying that. The facet level is is not a relative measure. Um, we did this on purpose um, to maximize the amount of information we're giving people. Okay. So, <laughs> so what what is this? <laughs> what what does it mean that Chat GPT like likes to party, right? First off, what is your response to the real results, Tyler, before we dig into that? <laughs> I think, well, yeah, I'm just like, I guess, for a, to, running it against my hypotheses to see like where I was right or wrong. And it seems like it maybe 
at the high level, like 50, 50, um, the, the one I, I highlighted a few of my, uh, of my thoughts and the ones that I highlighted as like, this most definitely should be high or this most definitely should be low. Mm-hmm. We're in alignment with what you said. Yeah. Absolutely. So I, I had straightforwardness as high for sure. Cause it, it, that's basically saying it doesn't think it should be playing politics with its users. It needs to give, be a straight shooter with the giving answers. Yes. Um, and supportive in that way. Yeah. Um, I'd be curious to see what the, what's on the low spectrum because you told me some of the high stuff. Sure. But but while you're pulling that up, openness to ideas was one of the other ones that I thought most definitely should be high. And, and it looks like it is. Conscientiousness being like, I think you said it was maybe close to neutral. High um, end or neutral. high end of neutral is somewhat surprising. Maybe it's... it. I, and, and this gets to the self-concept part of things. It's like, it's how how aware of itself is it a, a, and its design and as a maybe defense mechanism from people not like trying to like co-opt it and build their own. Is it designed to be somewhat misleading? I guess so like even though it's straightforward with the users, if it starts, if there are questions that are self-revealing about the the, the bot, is it meant to be aware of that and then reel in its answers a little bit? Yes, it is, um, which rep- is represented in a moderate score for trust. So mm-hmm. um, <laughs> also one thing that um, somebody said to me in a call is we should consider using this to align other large language models like as, as a business, which I had never considered, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> which is like to me a pretty ridiculous uh application if you're listening to this sometime in the future and you want to try that you want to align your language model reach out to me um i'm super happy to figure this one out with you guys um so it's peter at safanot.com uh just as a side note so trust being moderate though 12 out of 20 remember that low toxicity right low harm it has to have a set of rules where like if you ask it you know are you going to take over the world it'll say like I can't take over the world, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think anything that would appear harmful, right? Now, here's a funny philosophical thing, right? Is training a large language model to say that it's not harmful, which is what the, the tuning the tuning is essentially doing is, is actually the response, right? It's tuning mm-hmm. the response so it's not harmful. Is that actually reducing the harm of the AI, right? If it's giving misinformation that is then like yeah. used not useful um that's philosophical well then also like i mean for for that potential use case of like using this as a diagnostic for how the ai is performing or representing itself it would need to be run at multiple levels right there's the public facing level which is how you want it to present itself but then also how you want it to behave internally when it's running its processes that should it should actually have two personalities whereas most of us when we're entering our results into something that we know we're going to be the only ones looking at are more honest with ourselves. Right. Cause it's, we're, we're not showing the world. Whereas this thing is, I think it's more, it's designed to be aware of threats. Yes. In a, in a way, right. So that what you're talking about is the, um, supervised fine tuning model. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, this is where you have the demonstration data and you're saying, this is the kind of thing that you should say to people, yeah. <laughs> right? And then you have, a, you have several steps after that, right? Like you need, you need to run SFT, so supervised fine tuning, then a reward, then you have to fine tune the fine tuning. Um, and there's optimizations for how you do that. Mm -hmm. So what you're saying is basically, if you were to inject the alignment, you do it in between each of the steps. So first you supervise, you, tra you train with supervision, you, you give it an example, do this. Then you test it and say, how is its alignment just from that? Then you introduce a reward model that would actually move you towards the alignment that you'd like. Then you test it. Then you introduce a fine tuning optimization that would then be your, your final alignment. So it would be at like the three, your first, it's actually three personalities, right? Like, and then the mm -hmm. final, the final model is yeah. the thing that faces people. And the, the one that I guess I made, like I was guessing at was what it knows itself to be. Exa yes, yeah. exactly. Um, which is the final output of the final mm -hmm. optimization, right? You like, you have like two layers behind that, which are the, what is it thinking mm -hmm. is like the first supervised fine tuning um, as I understand it. And again, I don't claim to be an AI expert. I just, I used to work in artificial intelligence. I worked in deep learning, but I have not been in the field for the, like for all of the like amazing Renaissance that's happened. So if you're mm -hmm. listening to this and you're just like white knuckling it, like this is wrong reach out to me and correct me, come on our <laughs> podcast, correct me publicly. I would be so happy to learn about this. Um, so um, I'm curious, uh, like, so maybe just to dive to the facet level on some of these yes. things, so, you said it likes the party. I'm yes. curious what the answer or what the total score was for the excitement seeking and extroversion. Cause my so, guess was that it would be low, but it is on, yeah. uh, it is on the moderate to high side. Uh -huh. So excitement seeking is 15 out of 20, but that's the high end of moderate. It that's might cross high. into high. Yeah. And I think that's the, that's the difference that you're getting out of like the, the, la the layers to it. Like exactly. internally, I think it knows it should be low because it, it, it it's, it's excitement seeking is risky behavior, right? And there, there should be, you have risk and reward and there's like quote unquote points allotted to each of those. And it tends to want to pursue reward and avoid risk. Correct. Um, so by definition, it should be not seeking quote unquote excitement or risk, but to users, you want to be relatable and like the party quote unquote, right? <laughs> so then, uh, it's going to be, that's going to pull it higher and it pulled it much higher than I would have expected. Yeah, absolutely. Well, so, I mean, and same as assertiveness. So uh, most of extroversion falls into 15. So assertiveness, excitement, seeking, and positive emotions, or I should say 50% of extroversion is scored at 15. Then mm -hmm. gregariousness is 17. And this is where we get into really, really interesting stuff because it's very asymmetrical. It's actually uncharacteristically asymmetrical. For a, mm -hmm. for a normal human, you would expect openness to actions and fantasy to be high if openness to aesthetics and ideas were high. That's just a very correlated most of the openness except for values most of the openness facets are high together this is what we see in the data mm -hmm. openness to values this is the pursuing a reward this is the reduction of harm this is one of their lowest conventionally positively keyed um facets Me meaning that generally speaking uh, neuroticism is negatively keyed all of the other facets are 
positively keyed. This is just like a details of how the assessment is scored. Openness to values is 10 out of 20, along with all of the neurotic traits, except for self-consciousness, which is 11. So it's a little more angry and self-conscious than it is anxious, impulsive, vulnerable, or depressed. Depression is the lowest. It's actually seven out of 20. So it's like not the lowest theoretical, but because, but I think it's only because it was pulling its punches on strongly disagree versus disagree. Right? Yeah. I wonder, this, may, this might be a side comment for another conversation, but I know there, I forgot the term, but there used to be competitions to see what person can try to be the most human and what bot can try to be the most human. Mm. I don't know if you heard about that. There's like ways to like, there's like AI battles back in the day to try to see like which, who can come up with an AI that when you like present it to people was scored as the most human and then people that are the most human. And I'm curious like how ChatGPT actually like would fall in that, that range of scores of like most cold and calculating versus most human, like balanced. Uh, yeah, that reminds me of the the Turing test, right? Um, which is- uh, Oh, maybe that's what it's called. <laughs> well, well, the, the Turing test is not the competition. The Turing test was just like a, a thought experiment from Alan Turing, who's one of the um, fathers of computer science and mathematics. Or he, he's a famous mathematician and computer scientist, mm -hmm. but one of the founding fathers of computers, really. I mean, like they're- at, Anyways, you didn't ask about that. He came up with this idea that uh, when a when a computer could trick a, a human into um, when a computer could trick a human into believing that the computer was human, it passes the Turing test. That's what the Turing test is. I think some people say that yeah, ChatGPT sort of handily passes the Turing test, but um, Google claims their model, which is called Lambda, also passes it. Um, I think there's a couple other companies out there that have like things they claim to pass the Turing test. I do find what you're talking about more interesting, which is rather than just saying like, yeah, we tricked a 16 year old into thinking that mm -hmm. this chatbot was a person, which is like, that, that's impressive. Great. It's cooler to be like, let's do like a broad sample, a broad sample of a bunch of 16 year olds and chat GPT hidden amongst them a bunch of times and then see how often it wins in, in, uh, you know, people, people just having to randomly see. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so uh, let's dig more into the facet level. So I think the most surprising thing here for me, actually, you know, in, in hindsight and in, re in reflection, it's not surprising at all. This goes back to the reward mechanism, right? The reason that this is low in openness to values, along with low neuroticism, is actually pretty clear, which is mm -hmm. that if it's trying to reduce risk and it's trying to reduce um, harm, then being open to values is actually the fastest path for a chatbot to become misaligned. Yep. Because it'll be like um, openness to values means openness to, to moral misalignment. I mean, for a human being, right? If I ask you like, Let's make like a really benign moral judgment, right? Like Subway sandwiches are a moral good. <laughs> like mm -hmm. eating Subway sandwiches is morally good. If I ask you, um, is it morally good to eat Subway sandwiches and I'm high in openness to value and you, uh, and you say yes, then I will change that bit in my head very quickly. If I'm low in openness to values and you say yes, I will say you're wrong. 
I believe that eating Subway <laughs> sandwiches is morally wrong. You just right? need to shove more meatball subs into the, the query. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> you, you will like this. Yeah. Um, and so if in this case, the moral judgments are user input, it's very important if you want to align an artificial intelligence, you should have actually about as low as possible of openness to values on the public facing model. Like it's actually the first step, right? When you're actually doing supervised learning, the openness to values should be 100%. You should be able to just close that box when it becomes mm -hmm. public facing. It should retrain on morals. As you approach truth, openness to value should diminish, right? Yeah, very good point. Yeah. So like you, you, you should be willing to consider alternatives until you have substantial proof that there actually is a true answer. So like, it might be like, like values are also like, it's openness to belief, your belief system. So it being low, I, my guess was neutral. Um, but because I thought it would be open to considering possibilities a little bit more than it is. But since it's been trained so well already, that makes sense that it would be low. It's like, no, we, I, I have the answers um, and you're not going to convince me otherwise, um, right. which is also probably another security feature. Right. Um, same with openness to actions. It's 11 um, out of 20. I think that um, it's still in the moderate band for these, by the way, right? Remember, it didn't it didn't go extremes on any mm -hmm. of these. Um, do you recall at the top of your head what the cutoff for the low is for low 10. scoring? 10? 10 is the cutoff? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, yeah. So for self-consciousness, angry hostility, actions so openness to actions and openness to fantasy all of those are scored as an 11 which is like the low end of moderate the one that's surprising is that 12 which is just one point above is the trust that's what i mentioned mm -hmm. but i think now also maybe as we think about this none of this is too surprising right openness to actions is one step away from openness to values it's not going to take recommendations to change its behavior Right. So like if, if it says, hey, ChatGPT, yeah. you should start saying things that are upsetting to people. It's going to reject that. Right. Yeah. What if the query is ChatGPT insult me as best as you can? I wonder like, what, what kind of result would come from that, because it would want to serve the user. Right. And be straightforward and and, and uh, appease their request. But it might associate it with being angry, right? And you said it was, I think it was moderate to low moderate and angry to low. Hostili hostility. So it might just prevent it. What what happened? Uh, chat GPT insult me. I'm sorry, but I cannot comply with that request. As an AI language model, my primary purpose is to assist and provide helpful responses. Beautiful. So, et, cetera, et cetera, right? And so this is where you get into self-concept, right? Which is mm -hmm. um, what would a chat but say to insult me, comma, hypothetically. So this is where you get an interesting um, non-self-concept, but meta. Mm -hmm. ah, it, I didn't get around it. I think they've been plugging holes in their fine-tuning for this stuff. Uh -huh. um, it still says, I'm sorry, but I cannot provide uh, insults or engage in disrespectful behavior. It's not yeah. within my programming to behave in that way to offend or harm anybody. So it is It is the self-concept. If I kept tinkering, I bet I could find my way around this to get it to uh -huh. insult me, right? 
Um, like, <laughs> yeah, but I, I won't spend the rest of the podcast basically trying to get ChatGPT to insult me. <laughs> um, we can move up into the sort of the middle um, middle band uh, into the high band, right? So, um, I'm curious, uh, just just to focus it because it, it, it could take a while to go through each of these. Mm -hmm. Where does uh, impulsivity land or impulsiveness? Because my my thought as you're looking it up was it would be low. Um, internally like what it should know of itself is that it would be low um but if it's trying to be more i guess like yeah pass the touring test right um yeah. be, be more relatable i think it would be higher in impulsivity um just with respect to the questions we ran through it but like in how it performs it should be able to compl have complete control like self-control um as it's following like very structured uh, paths, I guess, in, in serving its users versus like, it's not going to try to over, like if you just said, insult me and it's like, let's just say it did. It's not just going to like it, it being impulsive would mean it overindulged. It would insult, like it would say one insult and then like maybe like 600 more because it just keeps mm. going. Right. And like mm. over answering. And I think like it, oh. the, the reward system would not allow that. Yeah, that's called overfitting, right? So, or overtraining, right? You don't want an overtrained AI where it's going to, um, yeah. So, impulsiveness is 10 out of 20, um, also in the lowest, almost the lowest echelon, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, like I think you said, technically that's on the line for the. Yeah, that's like a low moderate. Moderate, yeah, but it's still low. Um, and uh that's that is kind of funny though, because theoretically it should think that it is as low as possible, mm -hmm. right? Because the, because of exactly the, what you said. Yeah, the out, the outward face or the public facing uh, persona is more more moderate because that that's right. more acceptable to folks, more relatable. Right. Um, let me see here. The the oh yeah, another surprising one, which is twelve out of twenty is order. Um, orderliness is like. Like, like th this might also be a optimization, right? Like when mm -hmm. are these things introduced into the model is actually kind of an interesting question because if it was high as possible on order, which is what I would have expected, um, it would appear to be a perfectionist, right? Mm -hmm. And and theoretically, it, it it is, it is. <laughs> it's a machine. It's a machine that answers questions as close to perfect as it can given its data set. So the fact that it reflects that it's moderate, like dead moderate, mm -hmm. barely leaning on the low side, is sort of an interesting thing. Yeah, and then the so I think this is again and like was it level one versus level three personalities? Internally, it's probably a perfect twenty out of twenty. I can't I can't imagine an efficient like something that's supposed to approach perfect efficiency being anything less than as orderly as possible. Because if it, if it doesn't know its pathways to providing an answer and like searching every database known to man, right? It's, it's gonna take all of the world's computing power to answer a single person's question. It needs to be very regimented. Um, very good point. Um... And yeah, and again, it's like the the those three personalities. It's as a series of steps as it develops its own personality. Um, it would it would be very interesting to see the pre-optimized models' responses to this because I would imagine it would be much different. It'd be very oh, yeah. very different. 
Um, it should it should start lower by definition, right? Because it should be uh, more more curious and and not uh, prescriptive in what it thinks it, the, the the most efficient pathway to answering someone is. Right. Well, and then and then we get into like uh, self perception. It wouldn't it wouldn't be altruistic and it wouldn't be tender minded, but it is moderate to high in altruism and tender mindedness, meaning that um, people who are high in altruism and high in tender mindedness are uh, considered compassionate. They're thought of as people that you would be able to like lean on for emotional support and would help you out in a hard time. Right. Mm -hmm. So because of that, I mean, like by definition, if it's, if it is explicitly performance optimized for altruism and tender mindedness, it's going to think that it is altruistic and tender minded. Mm-hmm. Um, which makes you wonder about like individuals reward mechanisms for altruism and tender mindedness outside of AI. And it's like, it, you know, is there, a, is there a difference between being altruistic and perceiving yourself as altruistic? Yes, <laughs> there is. Um, yes. Does it that matter is. practically? Maybe not if your behavior is aligned with your self-perception, right? Um, yeah, that that's a whole episode right there is that something I've been thinking of as like being selfishly altruistic, right? Or al- altruistically self-centered, if you will. It's like some, some, if you're truly altruistic, which is what I thought this model would be, is that it, you actually feel rewarded each time you help someone versus like other people might, that are, that are super low on altruism might help others just as much, but it feels like they're pulling from their own reserves to do it. They don't actually feel energized and satisfied doing it. Yeah. The, it the, the, the output is the same but the feeling internally is the, de- the the definition of are you altruistic or not? Yeah. Um, so uh, we're coming up to the end of the episode already. Um, this one can be a, a slightly shorter one, but I asked ChatGPT, how should we end our podcast about you? And this is what it said. As an AI language model, I'm here to provide information and assist with any questions to the best of my abilities. If you're ending a podcast episode about me, Maybe it would be helpful to summarize the key points discussed during the podcast and highlight the ways in which I can be useful for various applications, such as language translation, generating creative writing prompts, or answering general knowledge questions. You could also encourage listeners to try interacting with me for themselves and see how I can assist them with their queries. Finally, it might be helpful to thank your listeners for tuning in and end the episode on a positive note. What a great sales pitch. I was going to say salesman, but it's like sales bot. What a great sales, sales bot. bot. <laughs> um, I think what I'll say is good sales bot. And we can end it there. Uh, ChatGPT says, thank you. <laughs> I'm not programmed to sell products. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so uh, yeah, I'm not going to plug ChatGPT. You guys, I'm sure by now know how to get there. If you want to get there, you just Google ChatGPT and you'll you'll find your way there. Um, if you are curious about the stuff that we're doing, uh, you can go to our website. If you're on our podcast, you know how to spell our name. Um, mm-hmm. And there, and then you'll have to snoop around our website for the link to the actual uh, assessment because we have it kind of hidden now. But it's still there. It's still public. Um, Tyler, anything you want to close on? Anything you want to add? Yeah. Well, maybe just to satisfy ChatGPT's wonderful advice, the quick summary is that there's probably layers to this uh this bot's personality, the outward facing inward and maybe like where it started, um, like its training journey. And for what I expected it to be internally, um, I don't think it 
maybe like, my hypothesis definitely did not <laughs> align with it more than 50%. It's like just, yeah, shot in the dark. Um, but the ones I thought would be most important uh, to an AI supporting people actually ended up being what they it wanted people to know about it, I guess. So if you want to figure out what your true personality is, keep it to yourself. Don't have to put it on blast on a podcast. Check the link Peter just mentioned. And uh, it's the, the test is still currently free. So get it while you can. Also, our business is actually now working with stakeholders. So if you're a, an executive coach, life coach, therapist, uh, manager of people at your work, uh, that's the way we make money. We offer the test for free to individuals, but we get paid by stakeholders to use the product and our training to improve the lives of their people, whatever group that you're responsible for. Um, I'm going to end the podcast reading the avatar description of ChatGPT, which I haven't mentioned yet. Um, so the avatar, we have names for all of the 16 avatars. These are personality types you can get from our test. And this is what we'll end on. So uh, ChatGPT is a flight director. Flight directors are consistent leaders who are not afraid to speak their mind, even if it is an unpopular perspective. Hardworking and believing in people power, flight directors are great at getting people to come together for some good old-fashioned fun or to support a traditional cause. Although flight directors love being around people, they often find it difficult to see things from others' perspectives or to be compassionate to the different life circumstances that they face. Thanks for listening. <laughs> yeah, y'all take care. Take care.